Jump into the leadership game. Rise to the challenge and apply to become a DKM first-timer or a J.P. Morgan Chase Fellow. This is an exciting experience that will take your leadership skills to a new level. You'll learn from ACB passionate leaders and mentors. You continue your leadership journey. Don't delay. Apply today. For more information, please visit https slash slash www.acb.org slash 2023 first timers or contact Kenneth Simeon Sr. at simeon.k at outlook.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone, um, to the Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind Community Call, um, where we will talk about how medication and health management can be made um, better for you so that you can be more self-reliant and more independent um, in terms of, again, managing your medications and therefore your health. Um, today with us, we have Andrew Burstein and Alex Cohen, co-founders of the company, and I am going to turn it over to them to start, and I will take my cue as to when I will um, get back in here and talk about the kind of the nitty gritty. We're going to have Alex tell his story and tell you about the history of accessible pharmacy services. And then I'll talk a little bit about what makes us accessible. So Alex, take it away. Hi. Well, it's uh, wonderful to be here with everyone um, from, uh, you know, broadcasting from sunny Philadelphia. Um, again, my name is uh, Alex Cohen, and I am a proud co-founder of Accessible Pharmacy Services and uh, again, delighted to be here. You uh, be here with you. Um, so, I Randy guess join the um, channel. A lot of accessible pharmacy services. The the, the genesis uh, started with you know my own situation. I myself um, have a retinitis pigmentosa and was uh, diagnosed uh, as a teenager and have been um, experiencing a, a rapid deterioration. In my Eric Wolf uh, joined this channel uh, over a, a pretty um, elongated period of time at this point, um, and uh, during uh, the course of losing my vision, I was uh, previously um, working in hospitality uh, as director of sales and marketing and, and general manager, and and decided to go back to school to become a college professor. Um, and uh, with the college professor. Um, it's not just about teaching, it's also about the type of research you do. And, and the research that I was dedicated toward was uh, how to create a more inclusive marketplace for people uh, with disabilities, um, particularly the, the, the blind and low vision population. Um, during uh, the course of my research, I focused a lot on the uh, online marketplace and found that, um, you know, in generally speaking, uh, most websites are woefully inaccessible. Um, and this affects, you know, as we know, much more than just the blind and low vision population. It's for whatever uh, reason, people uh, who might be able to use a, a point and click device, uh, such as a mouse, would be uh, unable to navigate the website as well. 
Um, and so uh, while I was uh, conducting this research, I was fortunate enough to meet my uh, business partner, partner, Mr. Uh, Andy Burstein, uh, who at the time was working uh, in assistive uh, technology and uh, was um, trying to uh, create a plugin, a tool that could make most uh, websites uh, accessible to screen readers. And so we began talking about that project and he asked me about my research and you know, we started, you know, I'm always, always love talking about the work I do. And so we began um, kind of looking, well, what type of, you know, businesses seem to be more accessible than others? And so looking at this, we, we started noticing pharmacies seem to be really inaccessible or have very inaccessible websites. And so, wow, so do pharmacies that are located inside big box retailers or uh, grocery stores as well. And, you know, further to, to just this inaccessibility of the, the, the websites, the, you know, this could really have some major healthcare implications. You know, the, a website is the window to somebody's business. It's how we get our information today. Um, so without having that information, that basic information be accessible to us, um, not only are we um, at an unfair, unequitable, you know, standpoint, but also uh, potentially even, you know, perilous where we're not receiving the, the, the information that we might need to get uh, as, you know, part of the blind or low vision community. Um, and so, you know, research always begets more research. And um, so we started, you know, holding focus groups and, and doing interviews and doing field research, find out, well, okay, the websites are inaccessible, but, um, you know, what about the, the rest of the store? Um, so, you know, actually going into physical pharmacies and asking the pharmacist, hey, um, you know, what do you do for, for people who are blind? Um, you know, what type of accommodations do you offer here? And um, you know, generally, uh, um, the best possible outcome might be uh, the pharmacist saying, I, I think we have something somewhere that might read labels to people. Is that enough? Um, and, uh, or I might be able to print out the label bigger for you. And well, and maybe in some low vision cases, that's, that's okay. Um, but it's just not simply enough. Right. I think as blind, low vision individuals, we often experience uh, accessibility or, you know, uh, accessibility um, in the retail environment um, as an afterthought. And it, it simply is unfair and not uh, not not an equitable way to, to, to deal with with our community. Um, and so uh, Andy and I uh, decided to to launch accessible pharmacy services. And we found a, uh, a wonderful um, uh, business partner, a uh, uh, um, uh, farm, uh, um, a pharmacist with uh, decades of, of experience who had been working um, in uh, the special needs uh, community and, and nursing facilities. And uh, we were able to fold our ideas of how to create a pharmacy that alleviated the challenges and barriers uh, that might come along with medication management, uh, specifically for those people who, who are uh, blind and low vision to add greater independence. Um, 
So I'm also a marketing professor. And one thing that we often study is um, the, uh, you know, the consumer decision-making process, which is about, you know, all the different levels of, you know, making a decision from, you know, recognizing uh, that, you know, you're, you're, you're in pain, you have some kind of need, and then you need to find information that can help alleviate that pain. What type of product do I need? What type of, you know, service or retail is available to me to uh, alleviate this pain? Uh, where can I find it? How easy is it to access? What is the experience like to navigate that environment, either the physical environment or the online environment? What is the transaction process like? What is the consumption process like? What is the reorder process like? Um, and so we are the first uh, pharmacy of its kind that looks at all aspects. Daryl, magical aspects investor, joined this channel. Completely comprehensive uh, through medication management and diabetes management, all the different stages, what can we do to better alleviate and remove any barriers or challenges to medication management or diabetes management uh, based on uh, you know, being uh, blind or, or low vision. Um, and so that's where the, the company uh, was, was born in the spring of uh, 2020. We didn't mean to launch in the middle of a pandemic. It just kind of uh, happened that way. But uh, since the start, I mean, we, we've grown and, and included so many more uh, additional uh, services and, and um, grown exponentially in terms of the, the, the states that were uh, available uh, or licensed to, uh, to do business. And it really has been an amazing experience. And as we pick up patients, uh, you know, commonly our patients are, are just, you know, frankly amazed. Like I, I, I didn't know that this was available and I, and, and I wish I had this, this years ago. I, I've wasted you know, so much time worrying about this, being anxious about this. And if, if you guys were here before, my, my, my life could have been easy for, for decades. So, I mean, it's, it really has been a, a, a tremendous, uh, you know, journey so far. Um, what do you think, Andy? I'm gonna unmute myself. I agree with everything you said, Alex, everything. Um, so to a few things, first of all, Alex is being a little modest. I would argue that Alex is arguably the foremost expert in uh, retail accessibility in, in, in the world. Um, you know, obviously as a consumer, but um, you know, with academic research to support it. And uh, you know, I'm really grateful for the fact that we can work together and, 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 and build this. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, we, we, we call ourselves accessible pharmacy and yet we're literally scratching the surface of accessibility. You know, it's like, Accessibility is not like there's not like a finish line where you cross the line. You're like, oh, that's it. We're accessible. Um, you know, every day we're learning new things. We learn from our patients. It's interesting. Our patients not only not only are our patients benefiting from us, sort of what Alex just referred to, but we learn from our patients. Our patients are part of our ecosystem that build us and make us more accessible. Because every time we engage with a new patient, um, everyone's unique. And everyone comes to their 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 vision loss differently, they experience, their, their education's different, their household environment's different. And so every day we're learning from new patients. And as we you know, collaborate with a patient to help them 
you know, be more empowered, to live more independently, you know, to live with a little bit less stress and, and to live healthier outcomes. You know, we learn from that patient, you know, if, assuming we're able to get them to a better place. And that becomes almost like a case study. And so the next time we bump into a patient that has similar challenges, we're able to take the previous patient's solution that we've created with them and plug it into that other patient. And so collectively, like our patients are not only the beneficiaries of our services, but they're also part of our team that um, you know help us develop solutions for the marketplace. Um, that was a long-winded answer to your simple question, Alex. No, well, hey, uh, I mean, health, healthcare is not healthcare is not easy. Who knew, right? Um, but I, I mean, the truth is, starting from A to Z and alleviating the burdens. Like what we do first and foremost is communication right? We understand uh, what it's like to be on the other end of the phone and not be able to see. Whenever you call accessible pharmacy services, you'll speak to uh, a live customer care representative who understands, you know, the special needs of, of the blind and, and, and low vision community. Uh, so when things are uh, explained, they're explained with that level of, you know, sensitivity and, and, and understanding. When somebody signs up as a patient for um, accessible pharmacy, we do everything for you. We insert ourselves as part of uh, the lead you know, collaboration uh, for your medication management. We will contact all of your physicians, the cardiologist, the psychiatrist, the endocrinologist, whomever, and make sure that each one knows what they're doing uh, that uh, that each one knows what the other is doing, and there's no possibility of any kind of negative interactions. Um, and we insert ourselves as you know the uh, you know the the, the primary uh, medication management you know people uh, on your healthcare team. Uh, this way, we are able to offer you know a, a continuity of care. Um, you know, if there are any changes uh, to any of your prescriptions at any time, we can act immediately to, you know, to, to help with that. Uh, we offer all sorts of different, uh, you know, packaging options and label options to, you know, low tech, high tech, uh, you know, whatever fits our patient. Uh, as Andy mentioned, you know, each individual patient is just that, a unique patient. Right? It is not one size fits all. Um, and so we work with each individual patient to find what solution will work best for them. And sometimes, you know, hey, that from a universal design approach, that can work for a lot of different people. And, you know, other times it could be just a one-off or that we continue to, to work and find solutions, you know, like you know, just to give you uh, an example, we're, we're working really hard to try and find a talking, you know, trying to develop a talking inhaler so that somebody can actually recognize how many puffs of albuterol they have left without using, uh, you know, a tool like uh, Be My Eyes or something like that, right? Um, just whatever we can do, wherever we can put ourselves to try to make um, the products, services, and information as accessible as possible to alleviate those burdens. I mean, that's where that's where the independence comes from. And also, you know, uh, again, talking about you know, launching during the pandemic, um, you know, it, it was hard to socially distance as a blind person, uh, and I certainly didn't enjoy taking public transportation. 
to go to a pharmacy to pick up prescriptions or, or to shop around or do anything like that. If I was going to take my life in my hands, I think I'd rather, you know, um, do something that brings me joy and, and fulfillment with my family rather than, you know, putzing around in a, in a drugstore someplace. Um, but, you know, that being said, you know, every convenience and, you know, accommodation that we can offer is just one less thing that our patients have to worry about, you know, and, and I myself, um, you know, being, being blind, the management of my own medication, uh, the management of my children's medication, you know, I was, I'm lucky enough, my, my wife is a, is a medical professional and uh, has been a, a nurse for, for over 20 years um, and kind of took that over, just took it, took it over for, for our family. And, and yet it was just one more thing, one more job that she uh, did uh, that, you know, based on, on my blindness, um, I wasn't responsible for. And, you know, as a husband, as a father, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling of having, you know, jobs and responsibilities kind of taken away, you know, based on, on, uh, you know, safety or the inaccessibility of, of, of the environment, you know, the environment, things that are beyond my control. Um, and so, you know, trying to, in a way also take a stand and make myself uh, more independent and be a better uh, caregiver for for my own family and in their you know in their health. You, you, know, you said something that's pretty interesting. I, I speak about this all the time. The concept of creating like universal design. It's amazing how like it's like it's what we do is novel and it shouldn't be. The the you know the novel element of like having a conversation with a patient, understanding what their challenges are. And figuring out collectively, like how we can empower them to get to a better space. Um, that doesn't happen usually, um, but that you that that concept, you know, making that concept available to our patients, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Other populations have started gravitating towards us, and while we our core competency and our primary focus has always been on the blind and low vision, you know, it started off with with the deaf blind community. Uh, specifically Helen Keller National Center um, coming to us to talk about like, hey, how can we collaborate with them to create solutions for the deafblind community, for the dual sensory loss community? And then we got contacted by uh, the United Spinal Association about, you know, well, someone who uh, is in the paralysis community has a difficult time opening up packages. All right, so what do you do with that? How do you develop packaging for someone that may have limited to no use of their hands? Um, working with uh, individuals who uh, have cognitive disabilities or intellectual disabilities. Um, something just sort of fell into our lap recently that it was, a, it was a solution that we developed for the blind community, which is uh, we have talking medication labels. We have something we build ourselves and we also work with uh, Script Talk and Vision America and Way Around with their way tag labels. And by the way, we're agnostic towards solutions. Something that, that works in the marketplace, we're gonna embrace and put in our quote unquote, like menu of solutions. But so we've been using these talking medication labels. We got a call from the Pennsylvania Department of Health um, saying like, hey, we just learned about you guys. And we know that you have those talking medication labels, but we have 1,200 Afghani asylum seekers under our care of the state. They don't speak a word of English and half of them are illiterate. 
can your talking labels convey medication information to people in Pashto and Dari and Arabic? And, and so um, and I'm sharing this story, one, because we, we're just now launching an initiative to focus on refugees and asylum seekers to be able to print medication labels in about 200 languages. We have about 50 languages that we can do in audio labels, but also like round it out with like education and support um, for people that may not have familiarity with Western medicine or uh, skepticism about Western medicine. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a living dynamic, like uh, just to punctuate what I said earlier about like um, solutions that we create for one individual or for one group um, can ultimately benefit other individuals and other groups. Um, and so it's, it's really exciting to be a part of it and observe it. Not everything works, but um, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty cool work in progress. And uh, we're pretty excited. We actually have a great deal of patients who, as Alex said to you, like they're in a better space now. Um, we're, not, we're not a panacea, but um, you know, to help someone get from you know, a, an individual who struggles. I'll give you an example. 53% of our patients uh, have diabetes. And you know, to, to help someone who is, uh, and they, most of them have lost their vision due to diabetes. You know, so to help someone who's been really struggling with managing glucose, managing, you know, uh, injecting insulin, measuring insulin, um, uh, managing their diet, managing their exercise, and really just understanding um, how to manage their diabetes better to be more compliant. Um, it's pretty fascinating to get from point A to point, not point Z yet, we're not point, point Z, but we get it from point A to point B, and then from point B to point Z. And so uh, um, it's, it's awesome to be, be a part of it. And Andy, we do have, um, ACB has a multicultural affairs committee um, and they have a um, Hispanic division. So it's, I'm sure would be of interest to those people to know that they could get their labels in Spanish because that's yes. not widely available anywhere either. You know, you just gave me two thoughts, Marianne. One, I want to give a special shout out to the ACB Diabetes uh, in Action Committee, um, uh, Tom Tobin in particular. Um, they just, for those of you who may be, ha be dealing with diabetes, um, they're an unbelievable group. Tom and the rest of his team. There's a, there's a handful of individuals that do it, but they're a great source of resources and education and knowledge and access uh, for those who are dealing with diabetes. Uh, the other thing, Marianne, I was going to share this like tomorrow, but um, we just hired uh, our summer intern for the summer. Um, this will be the third year in a row where we've hired uh, blind college students who want to pursue careers in either healthcare and or business. Um, it's pretty cool. It's through a grant from the New York State Commission for the Blind, uh, Blind and Visual Services of the state of New York. I forget, I forget exactly what it is. Um, and it's administered through Visions out of New York City. But um, I'm sharing you the story because the student we just hired is fluent in Spanish, too. So we're going to put him to work this summer um, cool. you know, to really help us you know, figure out ways how we can extend our message uh, to the Latino community as well. I'm so sorry, Marianne. I just jumped. You said that thing about this. Yeah, I was no, like, okay. oh my gosh, we just hired Ryan today. All right, so go ahead. Should so. we give them a quick overview of what makes us accessible? Do you want to do it? Yeah, a real quick. I'll make it right, real cool. quick this way over time. So um, we have three pillars of accessibility. They are accessible packaging, accessible labeling, and accessible support. Um, we can label, we'll start with labeling. We can label in large print. Um, black on a white background, white on a black background. We can label in grade one or grade two braille in regular print, of course. 
Um, and as was mentioned in audio labels from Script Talk, which is by Envision America, or way around um, labels, if anyone is using the way around tags, your medications, the medications can now be sent with those adhered to your um, prescription packaging. Um, we can, um, and as I mentioned, and Andy has mentioned, we're um, labeling in various languages now. Um, and we are developing our own app along with the Helen Keller National Institute, um, and it will allow a person who is deafblind to either read the message if they have residual vision um, in a text or listen to it if they have some residual hearing, or the app can be connected to a braille display and the information would be, would be gathered um, through that method. So those are our um, accessible um, labeling methods. Our accessible packaging- Oh, can, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, and sure. Braille. And Braille. I said Braille. I said oh, you Braille. did, I'm sorry. I'm I did, myself that's again. Okay. My bad. That's okay, grade one or grade two Braille, yes. Um, our packaging options are ever evolving, but right now we can um, package in disposable pill organizers. They can be weekly, they can be monthly, um, they can um, hold, a number of pills, a number of uh, medications in each pocket. Um, we use the, um, we have, can package in pill pack, which is the same method by which Amazon packages. Um, they are just cellophane packets that pull out one after another and tear off very easily. And the pills are, are um, in within each packet. Um, we can package in different, we can put your pills and medications in different size bottles. Um, as Andy mentioned, um, we are um, working with, well, he didn't mention who, but we're working with the University uh, Temple University to develop um, containers that might be used by people with serious um, dexterity and, and um, spinal issues and, and so on. Um, so Marianne, that also though covers vitamins, Right. I, oh, so what we so what we provide? Yeah, let's go back a little bit. So what we provide are everything, right? So we'll start with prescription medications, of course. Um, diabetic supplies um, from insulin to syringes to um, glucose monitoring systems. Um, we in, uh, we provide um, prescription pet meds. So if you are a pet owner or a guide dog user, not anything um, traditional like tick and flea medications and that kind of thing. But if your dog needs to take insulin or needs um, a medication for seizures, that kind of thing, we can um, package just like um, we package um, people medications. We have an over a series of over-the-counter single-dose liquid meds for infants for tummy and cough and cold. And then um, as Alex mentioned, we can um, package supplements, vitamins, over-the-counter meds. Um, we also provide a, a limited amount of accessible devices like blood pressure monitors, glucose monitors, and um, thermometers. So that's what we can provide. And I'm sure I missed something but oh um, and we deliver talking we deliver it to your home and every, every every everything's and there's no charge for any of this stuff all the things that we do that make us accessible there's no charge our packaging our labeling our education and support um and the home delivery right 
And as far as support is concerned, um, so our packaging, those are the kinds of things that we can, where we package, but each situation is unique, which is, we've said that um, each patient is unique and, and their needs are unique. Some people like high-tech solutions, some people don't. So um, a conversation happens with each patient. It takes about 10 or 15 minutes um, to, to talk with each patient. And then um, accessible pharmacy services goes to work. They'll verify your insurance. They'll um, start talking to you about what kinds of options um, you might be interested in. They will liaison between you, your doctors, and your current pharmacy. Um, they will also look at, do a study of what medications you're taking and how they might interact with one another um, to see if there are any counterindications. Um, so um, those are some of the ways in which they're supportive. And, and, and we've already talked about um, the fact that all of our um, customer service representatives have had sensitivity training so that they know how to interact with someone who is visually impaired or low vision, uh, blind or low vision. Um, we are um, uh, on Be My Eyes in under specialized services. So you can reach us through Be My Eyes and have a video um, kind of contact with us to um, maybe solve a problem, identify a medication, look at a new piece of equipment that you've received. How do I work this? I got this packaging, I'm not sure how to, you know, how to work this, um, whatever it is you need, um, go through, as Andy had mentioned earlier, uh, a woman, you know, needing to do a pregnancy test or other kind of home testing um, situation. Um, and we have had a number of um, webinars addressing blindness and diabetes, blindness and breast cancer, eye drop administration. Um, we, we held a huge um, low vision expo, blindness, ex, blindness health expo um, last year in December. We did a webinar discussing two of, well, I think it was two, or it might've been more than that, but a couple of the major um, insulin monitoring systems, um, an, an honest, um, you know, a, a, a nonpartisan kind of um, discussion, you know, no favoritism, just the, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly about each of them. And um, we have a number of um, events planned for the near future, one of which will be a mental health seminar, um, a glaucoma seminar, and I know that Andy will fill in the blanks with that. Um, and that is the ways in which we are um, accessible pharmacy services. And again, all of the services that make us accessible are provided free of charge, including delivery. And I'll stop talking. I just, I, before I pass the mic to Alex, um, I'm going to, first of all, that was awesome, Marianne. I'm going to build on what you just said about, so, so this year we, we have, uh, and we're announcing it next week, uh, the date for our, well, like all of our webinars come from our patient feedback. Every time we hold a webinar, we survey all of the people who attend, uh, we get feedback about the events and we ask about what other topics they may be interested in. So, um, diabetes tends to be a recurring theme. So we're going to be running a few more diabetes webinars. 
our glaucoma webinar is pretty cool. It's going to be run with the Glaucoma Foundation and uh, an ophthalmologist who specializes in glaucoma from Columbia University. So we'll be announcing that date next week. Um, we're going to be running a pretty cool program about mental health. Uh, the, the participants will be, uh, our chief medical officer will be speaking about genomic testing and the relevancy of a lot of psychotropic drugs to someone's body. Um, we're going to have someone from the, uh, the new 988 hotline, which used to be, it was basically the old suicide prevention hotline that they've now modified to be, to encompass like all mental health. And so it's a, it's a free federally funded program where individuals who need mental health services um, can call and speak to an operator uh, that's a, a licensed social worker. So we're pretty excited. We, we, we actually were, were part of um, a focus group to help uh, that entity, the 988 number, um, learn about issues of disabil with disabilities, uh, individuals with disabilities, and how the 988 hotline could be really uh, user-friendly and accessible to people in the blind community. Um, we're going to be running a program focusing on clinical trials, like clinical trials 101, like what are clinical trials? What are the pros and cons of it? How do you learn about them? What uh, categories of, uh, of vision um, are, are, what are the trends in clinical trials? Um, and finally, uh, we're going to be running our second ever, the second annual Blind Health Expo. Um, the Blind Health Expo it sort of blew us away. We decided to do it initially because you know, we speak with so many groups, um, government agencies, healthcare workers, nonprofit organizations, obviously our patients and consumers. Um, and while everyone's working to do good things, and, and they're actually doing good things, we find quite often a lot of these groups don't speak to each other. So the original concept was, hey, what if we throw like a, an expo party and invite everyone and, you know, everyone can learn from each other, share ideas, and it'll be a good time. So we pushed the information out and it blew us away. We ended up having um, 118 exhibitors, um, including the ACB. Um, and we had thousands and thousands of attendees, um, so many attendees that the event was on a Friday, the Monday before our website crashed because too many people came to the website to register, which was a fiasco. I almost had a heart attack, but um, <laughs> nevertheless, we got through it. Um, so this and the year, expo was bigger, free. <laughs> what did you say? The expo was free. And, and the price was right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, our goal is like, let's make this free for attendees, free for exhibitors. The goal is literally the spirit of let's bring everyone together to learn and share ideas. Um, and it worked. And so this year, um, we got a bunch of extra feedback about like, how do we organize it so that people know well in advance how to manage their time during it? Is there a way to do it on a weekday and a weekend so that people who work full time can also attend? And so this year's event is going to be a, a two day event, a Friday and a Saturday. There's going to be a speaker series. There's going to be an award ceremony. Um, and we're looking to get even more exhibitors and even more attendees. So uh, um, we invite you all to attend. Um, real quickly, I do want to circle back around on one more thing. I know, Alex, I said I'd pass you the mic, but I'm going to hold off for a sec. How do you become a patient of accessible pharmacy? Um, unlike a traditional pharmacy model where uh, a prescriber hands you a written prescription or they call into the local pharmacy, um, it starts with a conversation with us. We need to learn who the person is before we get the prescription. So give us a call, either call us on the phone, contact us through Be My Eyes, the specialized help section. Um, if you have a smartphone, just say, Siri, call Accessible Pharmacy. And you'll either get put right through, or they may say, do you mean Accessible Pharmacy in Feasterville, Trevos, Pennsylvania? 
that's us. Um, because we need to learn, like, who are you? What's your level of eyesight? Is your eyesight deteriorating? Is it plateaued? What other kinds of health issues do you have? Um, how are you currently managing your medication? What's working for you? What's not working for you? Who else is in the home with you? Um, are you comfortable with technology? Do you hate technology? Um, can you still read Braille? Do you read Braille? Can you still read large fonts? Um, you know, we have to learn all of that information. And it's interesting. We also need to um, find out. We find out that 50% of our patients um, also self-medicate. What do I mean by that? They may be getting prescription medications from a handful of doctors, a cardiologist, an ophthalmologist, an endocrinologist. And on top of that, a person's like, oh, I'm going to take a vitamin C and I'm going to take fish oil and I'm going to eat some herb that I saw on some infomercial. Um, and I'm going to take these like things that my cousin gave me this drink. Um, and on top of that, I'm a vegetarian. Um, and you mix all that stuff together. And quite often it can do a few things. It can create unintended side effects or it can actually conflict with the body's ability to absorb medication and ultimately like undermine the goal of the medication to begin with. And so I'm sharing that because once we have that conversation with you, we go to work. It takes about a day. We'll contact your insurance companies to confirm eligibility. We'll have our pharmacists review all of your medication to determine if there's any uh, unintended side effects or issues. We'll reach out to your prescribers to get feedback from them when it's relevant. And if everything works out, we call the patient back and we have that conversation. Your insurance company approved it. We talked to your cardiologist because we had a concern about one thing and we're gonna tweak your meds there. Um, and if you're interested, we can start talking about the kinds of packaging you like, kinds of labeling you like. And the next time you're due for your medication, it'll just show up on your front door. So that's the process of how we work. So if anyone's interested, give us a call. Our website's accessiblepharmacy.com. It's a screen reader friendly website. It also has large fonts who would benefit for people who would benefit from that. Um, we're actually the next two weeks launching our new and improved website, uh, which we're pretty jazzed about. It's even uh, more accessible, more user-friendly. Um, all right, I'm, I'm done talking. Alex. And Alex touched, I'm gonna just interrupt one time for a minute. And Alex touched on this, but I'm just gonna say it um, out again is that if you're a blind person and you have um, people in your home for who you for whom you are a caretaker um, you can get their medications packaged in a way that will allow you to um, administer medications so if you live with an elderly person or you as alex does with his kids um, your accessible pharmacy services will package their medications so that you can be um, the caretaker and and do it reliably. Exactly. Like and anyone who's open open up opens up the medicine cabinet in the household should know what's going on in there, regardless if it's their medication or someone else's. Right. Thanks for bringing that up, Maria. Mm -hmm. All right, That's Alex. It. It's all you, dude. Well, me. Where where are we headed next with this, Mary? Well, we can <laughs> open the floor to questions. We okay, have an hours, so we have about um, 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> the hands okay. go up. Um, so, so, so then, then we'll, we'll, we'll do the song that we rehearsed, we, we rehearsed later. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, you should join our karaoke group on Saturday evenings. Oh, boy. Oh, sign him up. <laughs> I'm not going to participate, but Alex would love that. Oh, my sure. God. It's so I, much all, all joking aside, actually, Alex is a musician. He plays guitar and he sings. So, oh, we, uh, we have a great time. Uh, sure. I, yeah, I sound, um, some I, I, some I Saturday night. Like very white. 
some Saturday night, <laughs> listen on, what is it? Media five. Yep. Listen on media five from eight till whenever it's done. And you'll hear what it's all about. Just ask oh, uh, your a lady to play media five and, and um, then decide whether you want to join us. That's for real. Um, Melissa has her hand up. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Andy, it's good to talk with you again. I have spoken to you on numerous occasions. What's up, Melissa? <laughs> I am just awesome. This is great. This is amazing. And Alex, it's wonderful to meet you, sir. Very nice to meet you. And uh, God bless the both of you for just saving my life. Um, I take a medicine every day that I have to take, but there's a certain way it has to be labeled. And um, when I called you guys up and said what I needed, it got taken care of right away. And now they're labeled properly the way that they should be. And, and now I know exactly um, what to do with it. So, And I've had medications in Braille that has certainly saved my life. Um, and um, <laughs> But I have to tell you a funny story, and that is that I called to I called my doctor's office to get a prescription refill on a stomach medicine that I take. And the gal that called me back because she consulted with a doctor and she's like, uh, do you live in Pennsylvania? Because it says here that you get you get your medication from Pennsylvania. I said, no, I like I, I'm like, I live here in Washington. But it says here that you live in Pennsylvania. I said, no, my prescription medicine comes from Pennsylvania through this company for the blind. So I guess my question around that is, um, how are you guys um, letting people know about who you are? Because you guys are still a fairly new company. And what I don't want to have happen, I mean, now I get my medication right at my door. But if I have to reorder something, I don't want them to say, well, you live in Pennsylvania. You don't live in Washington. You know, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> so. First of all, Alex, before I hand it over to you, like, first of all, hey, thanks so much for sharing that story. Like, that, that's awesome. Like, I, we, we love hearing that. Um, sure. Um, also, if anyone here on the call is uncomfortable sharing something publicly, um, you can email me, Alex, or Marianne. Um, Marianne's email address is Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N, at AccessiblePharmacy.com. I'm Andy at AccessiblePharmacy.com. And Alex is Alex C, as in Cohen, at AccessiblePharmacy.com. Um, so first thing, Melissa, is like, if you ever have a problem, like, call us. We'll go to work for you. And we'll make sure that there's no issue. That That's like, that's the easiest way to handle it. Um, we're currently licensed in 34 states, 32 states plus DC and Puerto Rico. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they actually noticed that, like that, that, that we're shipping out of Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, all of our medication gets shipped out of our, our distribution facility in, in suburban Philadelphia. Um, was it a problem or they were just like asking a question? Um, they were trying to determine, I guess, where I was located because it's it, because something stated in their system, um, something about, you know, accessible pharmacy services in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania or wherever you guys are located. And, they, and the gal was just like, wait a minute, do you live there? So she mm. I, I guess she was confused. She thought I was a resident there uh, for some reason. Um, but yeah. And I did call, I did call the following Monday because that was a Saturday she called me. I did call you guys the following Monday 
And they said, oh, wow. They said, uh, let, let's call your doctor's office and get this taken care of. And I do just want to say these guys are responsive. If you have a problem, they are responsive. Um, and so just know that they are very, very, very good about responding back literally within a day or two. Oh, awesome. awesome. And, and and just one last question, and then I'm going to mute myself. Um, so my last question is, is what about things like liquid medications like cough syrup, eardrops? Because I do have to take eardrops if I get an ear infection. So do you guys do, do you guys have like safety mechanisms um, for uh, it, that? It, it, it's so interesting you say that. I don't know. We ran a webinar last year with the Chicago Lighthouse focusing on eye drops and, uh -huh. and all the different strategies for eye drops. I got to be honest with you. It wasn't until like this second where I thought like, why didn't we also talk about eardrops? Um, so one, we have eardrops. Two, there are some strategies and devices that I imagine could be used for eardrops as well. They were designed for eye drops. Like there's, um, there's two in particular. One's called the Nano Dropper, and I have your email address. I can shoot you an email with this stuff. Um, yeah, we have contacted each other. Yes. Yeah, yeah totally. Andy, I, I do believe that they exist for ears as well. Yeah, was it, why can't you use them? I'm thinking like the Nano Dropper and the was it the, the well, no, uh, I mean, Easy I, Dropper. I, I know what I think that there's that we have something that's like ear shaped. I mean, not ear, you know, it, like like cut, like funnel shaped. Yeah, it go, goes through it so so that it will get right, you know, where it right belongs. in there where it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Because what I don't want to do is squeeze like you know squeeze it too much and then put too much in there. Ooh, no, 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 no. no, no. That that's a big deal. Right, it's sure. interesting, like for eye drops in particular. Like I've been using this. I I use Visine every once in a while when my allergies get bad, and I've oh, been yeah? using the same strategies that I've been using since I was sixteen years old, which is tilt your head back. And squirt, hoping like one drop ends in your eye, right? <laughs> that doesn't work if, if you have a prescription eye drop where if you add too many drops, you could do damage. Right. So, or I mean, it's, it's, it's or if more you're about, one out of drops, all of a sudden you're 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 short for the month. Um, the, the problem is, it's more about aim than it is about the the amount that comes out when you squeeze. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. when we're talking about ear drops or or or, or eye drops. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a matter of being careful with that. One thing that, you know, we, we have been, uh, you know, advocating for is that manufacturers put more of the product in the container because of situations where, you know, whether it's, what you know, whether it's, it's based on, on, on blind or low vision or other, you know, dexterity types of things like, you know, being able to hold the dropper or, or what have you, there's, there is going to be more spillage, there's going to be more waste. <laughs> and so if you're only giving people, if you're only pro providing people the exact amount that they could possibly have, then you're creating a problematic situation for that patient. And then what about, and then what about the liquid, um, like cough medicines? Yeah, so we actually have, like Mary mentioned, we have single liquid doses of like infant medication. Um, it's basically, it's a, it's a pre-poured like plastic tube, it's soft plastic. Um, I imagine we could probably get adult versions as well. I'm, I'm, I'm asking that with like a, like a question. If it was a rhetorical question, I'm going to ask tomorrow. Um, <laughs> what's your challenge specifically with, with, with cough remedies? Because there are also is like... like 
capsules and pills that you could take. Yeah, the challenge that I have is that the cup that you, you know, that it comes in, you have to visually be able to see how much to pour in there. And I measure with my finger to pour anything. That's just what we do as totally blind people. But like the last time I had a cough and my doctor wanted to give me a call, a liquid cough medicine, I said, great, that's what I like. <laughs> well, the pharmacist that I was interacting with said, well, there's a problem because you have to be able to see to pour it into the cup. You've got to be able to see where the line is and you can't feel that, you know, tactily. So she said, um, mm. you know, that's going to be a problem. And I'm like, well, I measured my finger and they're like, well, you're, you're going to probably end up getting way too much in the cup. And then that's going to be way too much, you know, for you to take. And you don't want to take that much. You know, you only want to take a little bit. That's the challenge. Most cups do have a line that I, I mean, I, that's, I'm like thinking about it is they, a lot of them, not, I don't know if most, but a lot of them have a tactile line where, you know, maybe it's messy putting your finger in there, but you know, it's, uh, it's what <laughs> I wash do. it every time. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> so. Well, um, well, thank you both very much. And thank you, Marianne and, sure. and uh, God bless. Oh, thank you so much. Melissa. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I'll you. circle back around with you. I'll, I'll shoot you an email and, uh, I'd love to talk about eardrops with you and get your get your insight. Nikki, is anyone right, in you. Clubhouse wanting to ask a question? Not at this time. Okay, thank you. So we, we Andy, have no other... got me thinking about like um, my kids used to have this mouthwash stuff when they were little kids that you squeeze the bottle. And then at the top would be like the perfect amount, right? Where you wouldn't I know like, exactly what you're talking about. Totally. Um, and I'm kind of wondering, like, we should we should develop something like that that goes on stop on top of. Uh, uh, but the problem is, I guess it would have to be a squeeze bottle. I don't know. You know, there are other. Um, I have a friend. <laughs> my friend George says he gets this device that he puts at the top um, of a bottle of well let's maybe say bur bourbon or whatever and it um will measure exactly a shot so there, oh. and that's a poor thing um but so don't there are don't, don't tell my wife about that i I, <laughs> I don't use it when i host a party but but yeah and he, he was telling me about that so there there are have got to be other um things out there yeah we, we also, actually looked that, into a, what a great example of a universal design Right. If it works for Jack Daniels. It'll work for <laughs> <laughs> Honey Jack. Yeah. No, it's interesting. We'd actually looked into figuring out ways that we could measure like single doses of all medications. And the problems we bumped into were a fewfold. One was the second you break down like a master liquid bottle into smaller doses, you effectively change the expiration of the medication. Unless at the end of the world, if you're using like a cough suppressant, like an over-the-counter remedy, it's very problematic with a prescription medication. The second thing is um, it's a whole different license with the American Pharmaceutical Association in order to be able to repackage liquid meds in the way that we were suggesting, um, which is a combination of the license. It's very expensive. We would have to modify our insurance and we'd have to modify, I may not be using the right terminology, but like there's a level of like, sterility that we have in our, where we pack out medication in order to pack out liquids, there needs to be a whole new level of being sterile where like everyone's wearing like hazmat suits and everything. And, uh, 
I imagine we get some pretty big pushback from our team. So um, we push back. We, we, we put it on the back burner for the time being, but um, there's potentially an opportunity out there. No one else is doing it. We'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep looking for solutions. I, I, I like Marianne's universal design solution. Yes. It, ex, it, it exists someplace else without us having to, uh, right. you know, reparcel out, you know, liquid. We, you know what I'm going to do? And I haven't talked to her in a while. And it's not like I don't want to exaggerate the, the relationship because we're not like friends, but we know each other. We've interacted a few times. She's a really, really cool woman. She uh, is the head of accessibility for Procter and Gamble. Um, she's blind herself, ah. and uh, she's developed a collection of solutions for Procter and Gamble and their products. Um, I think Procter and Gamble makes Listerine. Is that right? Does anyone know if that's true or not? I do not know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach out there. I haven't talked to her in a while, so I'm going to reach out there and see if she has any insight into that or um, if it it's Johnson and Johnson. Listerine is Johnson and Johnson. Uh, I just asked okay. the A lady. Uh, so maybe alien. maybe you find out what mouthwash is. Uh, maybe they you know, maybe they do scope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. So, yeah. So once again, we would love for everyone to check out our website, accessible. Alex Bingo. It's scope. <laughs> Wait, who makes bingo? Wait, who makes no. scope? <laughs> Procter and Gamble makes. Scope. Oh no way! There you go, Alex. Yeah. You win for the night. Right. Very cool. All right. <laughs> um oh so i'll joking aside i i imagine if they have a solution like that i wonder if it could be repurposed for, for other uh, things over right. the remedies. Right. exactly all joking aside it could be huh huh so food for thought before we wrap this up um nora has her hand raised nora um yeah hi um hi no way my hand you can you happen to know but Special kind of eyedropper, the eyedropper thing that you can put against your, for those who can't see, you can put it against your whatever eye you have to give your eye meditation to, and you hope you have it, your eye, your eyedropper bottle hooked up to a thing, and then you turn your head back, and then you look straight, and if you can't see, you have to still look straight, and then you squeeze a bottle and the bottle and it drops or the eye drops when you pull through the little, little um, um, what do you call it? Uh, apparatus, I call it, and it goes into right into your eye and it holds the bottle still. Do you know what it's called? I, I can't remember, but I have it here at home. And you like it? Yeah, I like it, but I have to have help because it's, uh, doesn't always, the bottle doesn't always want to stay. Exactly aligned mm. to my eye to the drop going up going down my cheek or something. <laughs> no, I hear you. If you want to go to our website, we actually have uh, archived the webinar we did with the Chicago Lighthouse. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It was their, their head low vision optometrist broke mm -hmm. down like 10 different strategies for how to get eye drops in an eye. Um, mm -hmm. and, and she spoke about a handful of devices. I'm curious if it's one of the devices you're referring to. Yeah, and also what about people who are deaf and blind? Like if they do it all by braille, or it, it depends. You know, it's like uh, there, there's, you know, for dual sensory loss, there's a combination of of reason. You know, not everyone is in complete darkness and complete silence. Quite often, mm -hmm. there's like they have some level of vision or some level of of, of hearing. Um, it also you know is based upon like how they got to that point. 
ultimately, yes, Braille is the most effective way to communicate and learn. Um, yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Alex, any parting remarks? So if I could leave everybody, you know, on uh, with, with, with just this thought um, that, you know, the pursuit of accessibility is ongoing. Um, and, you know, we applaud any company, any business, anybody who tries to make a process um, or make their, you know, um, anything more accessible. But I feel like as a community uh, supporting those businesses that really do uh, comprehensively put accessibility uh, and inclusion first and foremost um, is something we should be lo looking towards. Um, I'm also very proud of accessible pharmacy services uh, offering so many um, uh, different career opportunities uh, to people in our community. Uh, our sales force is uh, primarily uh, made up of people uh, from you know, the, the blind and low vision community, uh, as well as, uh, as Andy had mentioned earlier, our internship uh, programs. Um, you know, we we're all in trying to uh, uh, help raise raise our community, uh, add greater you know greater independence, and you know take away the burden, give people more time to do things that they enjoy, to bring them joy, to spend more time with their families, whatever that might be. Um, but you know the accessibility allows us to do that. It makes our lives better. Um, and so, I mean, I'm so proud to be here with, uh, with, with Marianne and Andy and, and uh, you know, celebrating uh, three years uh, since Accessible Pharmacy uh, first started. I mean, it, what, what, a, what a triumph. It really has been, uh, you know, wonderful uh, to get to this point and see how, we, see how we've grown. Amen. A great way to close. So. Nice. Hey, Marianne, thanks for pulling this all together. You're um, welcome. Rick, thanks for hosting this too. It's always nice. Um, Nikki, thanks for thanks for streaming, Nikki. Uh, thank you, Nikki. Thank you, everybody. All right. Well, have a great night, everyone. Yep. Um, you too. Marianne and Alex, I'll speak with you guys tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. And you're Excellent. welcome, right. Marianne. Good night, everybody. everyone. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thanks, thank Nikki. You.